Hi everyone and welcome to episode 19 of Running Partners with me Paul and me Alison. So today Alison we're going to talk about performance psychology aren't we? That's going to be our main topic, Mm -hmm. an area you're interested in particularly with your background. So we'll get on to that in a little while but before then we'll do a bit of feedback, some race results and our running of the week. Yeah cool okay so last week's episode went down well so that was the interview with uh Stazza, john starrett so i had some a lot of feedback across uh, various platforms donald mike sean jack joanna natasha mark all some nice comments and positive feedback about that episode and also then had a couple of suggestions wrapped into that feedback for that episode for, for future topics um and interviews as well yeah, yeah so we've got a few things in mind so um, Mark suggested doing something around particularly off the back of the Kenya episodes around running in groups yeah. and or clubs I think we've probably talked a little bit about that in the past but maybe we could yeah, revisit that bit, in a bit yeah. more detail yeah. I think Mark was particularly talking about the what we learned in Kenya about the psychological benefits of running in groups yeah. both kind of uh, physical performance and mental well-being as well yeah. so so we will we'll definitely put that on our future topics and then also Sean had been in touch, uh, again, positive feedback about last week's episode. Sean is a runner in the Chesterfield area, so not far from us. And he runs with North Derbyshire Running Club. And Sean's part of the committee and he's a race director for a couple of races. So um, we talked about doing an interview with Sean just to really talk about like race organisation. Yeah, so, perspective from yeah, that side of yeah, things. Yeah, because we yeah. talk a lot about races we've done, listeners have done. Mm-hmm. Clearly a lot goes into organising these races uh, behind the scenes. So I think, yeah, we'll definitely do an interview with Sean talking about that. That'll yeah. be fantastic. Okay, so thanks to those of you who've been in touch. Um, as ever, get in touch with us, email or across Strava, Instagram. If you've got any proposals for future episodes um, or any feedback on episodes, that's fantastic. Uh, so we've got a few race results to go through. So we're going to start off with one close to home, Alison, from yeah, the weekend. So, yeah, Jesse did his cross-country race, the Sheffield Schools cross-country. And um, yeah, he did really well. He did... He really enjoys it. He's got a really good attitude and he, he's uh, he's all about the high fives and the smiles and the thumbs up and the photos and stuff. So it's really nice to see. Even it was a Longley Park, which has got a very long, long hill. And uh, he even managed some sort of, you know, thumbs up and smiles Brilliant. up there. So, uh, and when he finished, he said he wanted to go for another run. So Ooh. I don't know if he's Did like, you take him for one? Well, I did offer and then he sort of, you know, as as it sort of wore off, as the elation of finishing the race wore off, it sort of, you know, morphed into hot chocolates and time on the tablet and then it kind of got forgotten. But you know, like an ultra runner. Yeah, Yeah, maybe one for the future. But yeah, so 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 that was good. So I think he's done them all, has he? I think that was the last one in the race series. A relay and the championship, but I'm not really sure what that entails. So we'll see. But there's a bit of a gap, I think, before then so fantastic yeah well done jesse and then i just had a couple of others to mention so ashling who featured on last week's episode who was in kenya mm. with me on the coaching course she did a four mile race and won that so that was fantastic Yay. in a brilliant near her hometown Amazing. um so so that was brilliant congratulations ashling what she did a really quick time didn't she can you remember what it was um so i think the pace was around 618 per mile yeah, yeah. <coughs> from strava so uh, what's that? It'd be about 25 minutes for yeah. four... It was about four miles, I think. We're not really used to talking about four-mile no. races, so... No. But, yeah, 
fantastic. Brilliant. So I yeah. think she was first lady and fourth overall. Cool. And then Natasha, who featured in two weeks ago, she also did a fantastic race. Um, I think it was a similar sort of distance, actually, about three and a half miles. Right. And it was in a, it looks like a race series, a club race series in the northeast where she lives. And she did, uh, I think she did a 5K PB within the three and a half oh, wow. miles. Yeah. So she was, I think it was just a shade over six minute mile pace. It's like the Kenya effect. That's what she said. Yeah. yeah I'm yet to experience it, but I'm still hoping. I'm still <laughs> hoping it's in worn there. off by now. No, no, no. I'm going to have sort of a delayed effect, I think. Right, yeah. um, so fantastic. So I think she was also for quickest female on the night. I think it's a handicap race with points and things like that in a wow. series. So I'm not yeah. exactly sure of the of how it all stacks up, but a brilliant race from Natasha. So well done. And then I mentioned two of my athletes. Yeah. Uh, Rachel and Jane were doing the Dewsbury 10K yeah. last weekend. So Rachel did about 46 minutes yeah. and Jane 58. So I think Jane was aiming for under an hour. So she Amazing. smashed that. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and like really proud of Jane. She's, she's really, uh, since... Uh, Christmas really focused on consistency of running just getting out three four times a week and I think it's really helping her improve and she's got a half marathon to look forward to next so um, so I've been talking to Jane about preparations for that and Rachel so so she's someone I think talked about before she's been serial marathon runner done all the big marathons completed the um, marathon the marathon major set in with New York at the end of last year. Now she wants to get into 10Ks, half marathons and improving her time. So she's not far off her PB, I think only a couple of minutes outside yeah. that. So again, fantastic running from Rachel and she's also doing the Sheffield half. Uh, so I'm working with Rachel up to that. So, And I did call them athletes. Yeah. We got a bit of feedback uh, about that. Yeah, so yeah, I think Jane was kind of a bit, uh, she wasn't kind of owning the label of an athlete You've got to own but it. we looked up the definition and it's just someone that trains, trains and races and competes yeah so, so all people listening yeah. us we're all yeah. in that category so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm proud you know if i'm yeah. coaching people i want to call them athletes yeah. you know they're my athletes and i want, want so to work with them to do the best <laughs> yeah you got to put up with it own it definitely but rosie did like it she commented that she you know she liked that so yeah yeah so yeah. that's good yeah so i've got my stable of athletes yeah now. <laughs> so yeah yeah i think so yeah um and then the final ones we were going to mention um it was the spine race while i was away in kenya yeah there's been a few races while you were away that we've kind of neglected haven't we and the spine race happened and it's i think you know it's the toughest race in the uk isn't it i mean i don't even know how it stacks up against those ones in america or, or you know it's probably right up there isn't it with with all of them, like globally, but I don't know because you know John Kelly comes over, doesn't he? And yeah, yeah, competes. I think it's one of so the it's toughest. One of the, one of the toughest, and so. it's not a multi-dayer, is it? It's a straight through. Yeah, so even though people going. are taking like yeah. three, four, five days, yeah, you know, sleep when you can. Yeah, the time, t- is, you know, just keeps ticking. Yeah, and um, there was an amazing athlete this time, uh, Jack Scott, yeah. that won it, and he knocked about 10 hours, 10 hours or off more the than course 10 hours record. Off the so course I think record. he did it in 72 and a half hours something like that and yeah over 10 hours off Jasmine the, Paris was the previous record yeah, holder wasn't yeah, she so. yeah I think Damien Hall also came in un, he was second yeah. also under the previous yeah, record but, as but well not the winner, which but not the winner but not the winner no so, isn't it? so fantastic yeah um and then alongside the full spine race there's a spine challenger yeah um 
which that's still 108, 108 miles. Know, so, so it's not the 260 plus for the full spine, but it's still a significant distance. Yeah. And a couple of people from our running club did that race. Yeah. So uh, Jack uh, Swindles, I think he finished in 26th place. Yeah. So fantastic. I think it was about 36 hours, something like that. And another runner from our club, um, Vicky, she also did the Spine Challenger race. And I think, unfortunately, she had to drop out through injury but she'd like I think she'd done like pretty much most of the race so it's a bit gutting I think she like soldiered on as long as she could but I think she might have been up to like about 80 miles mm. which is absolute nightmare isn't it but like I mean that is that is she's done it for my yeah, fantastic for my, yeah, unbelievable you know. effort yeah. yeah yeah so yeah you know um, brilliant from both Jack and Vicky so um, yeah, so if that's a race people fancy doing next winter. Well, I did ask you if you wanted to do it. You said no immediately, didn't you? Did I? Uh, I <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been back from Kenya two weeks now. I've had a rethink. Um, yeah, maybe I'll enter that next right, year. It's very hard, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm fantastic. So I think that is the roundup of all the results. Yeah. The only other bit of feedback uh, you had when you posted last week's episode into our running club page, because uh, I thought it might be of interest to a few people, was that how did I get to go to Kenya for two weeks or something like that? Was <laughs> yeah. that the question? Yeah. And yeah. how did you answer how, that? Well, I just said that, you know, I must be owed a fortnight away in the and sun. It, but it was a working, it was mm, a developmental oh, yeah. working trip, learning to become a running coach, mm. you know, interspersed with uh, running, red training wine. some athletes, the odd glass of red yeah. wine, uh, Caprice. <laughs> served in a long life carton mm. um high quality red wine mm. um so yeah so yeah. no i was really grateful uh and kind of fortunate to be able to go but hopefully i'll be able to make the most of it and coach a few athletes with my skills that i gained in kenya yeah maybe i'll be able to retire maybe that'll be the payback okay shall, <laughs> shall we okay let's uh so okay so i think we've rounded up that so we do a quick summary of our running of the last week as well before we forget so what have you been up to for the last week well not loads actually as it turns out because monday i did my easy run and tuesday i didn't go to track because i had a day off because jesse had a school play and i also went to the physio so i did my intervals that day um physio is all good by the way but i yeah I've got a few I've got a bit of like I'm a bit lopsided so I need to sort that out but yeah so I did my intervals on Tuesday so I did four times 2k so it was around about just under seven minute mile pace for those so that was good but then the next day I felt really ill so I had two days off and then this morning I was supposed to do my long run as usual but I just don't feel very well and it's also snowed so the the pavements weren't great today so I've just done an easy run this morning so um I've missed a couple of runs off the training plan this week so but it was a rest week for me on my training plan so I guess it's not too bad that it's coincided with snow and being ill so I'm not I'm not going to get too worried about that well, yeah, you can't control these things. No. You can't control the weather and you can't control your illness. No. So I think it's, a, and we'll we'll come on when we will talk a bit about psychology yeah. of, of running, but it's that, it's trying to think, well, I'm not losing anything. I'll be back next week. It's fine. You know, yeah. you, you're way out, aren't you? Still got another 10 weeks till the race, 11 maybe. Uh, yeah, there's still yeah. plenty of time, isn't there? So uh, Yeah, I think this is week yeah. six. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 weeks. 
after this week. So what have you been doing? Yeah, so quite similar, boringly enough. So our son was ill, wasn't he? Our mm. eldest son, Beck, was a bit ill. So I think I contracted whatever he had. So I, I went for an easy run Monday and then I all had my plans around doing my kind of intervals on Tuesday, kind of like I normally do. Um, but then Monday night was awful, just felt really ill. Thought I'd started sort of the uh, hypochondria setting in about 3am, couldn't sleep, started worrying that I contracted some sort of strange tropical disease from um, Kenya. Yeah, so I was on full and panic mode, what's wrong with me, oh, I'm going to die, all this sort of thing. Um, so I didn't do any running for a couple of days, started to feel a lot better actually. Like you said, it snowed, so that's meant any sort of pacey running has been tricky, but it, it was fine for me, so I'd agreed. So I, I contacted my coach, said, look, I'm not great, just said, like, forget about it, just do any... Rest and recover. If you do any running, just make it easy this mm-hmm. week. Don't worry about the interval. Don't worry about the long run. We'll call it a step back week. So I'm also having a step back week. But like you, my marathon's one week after yours. So I've got plenty of time. I've got another 11 weeks to got an extra week. I have, yeah. To so 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 this won't have impacted. Um, I've quite enjoyed it to be honest and then mm. so I'm kind of feeling you know not not enjoyed being ill but I've enjoyed the little bit of a step back from running yeah and then I'll kind of feeling a lot better now and get back into it next week probably do another easy run tomorrow and then and then back with my intervals and my long run next week great sounds good okay so shall we move on to today's topic which is performance psychology yeah cool okay so um, most of when we talk about training and preparing for a race, it's like the physical things, isn't it? It's like running a certain number of miles, doing a certain number of sessions, doing strength work, that sort of thing, even like race nutrition and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like you hear it a lot, like when you're reading Runner's World or you listen to athletes and stuff, that a big percentage of race performance and even in training is around like the mindset and your psychology and how you think about things and I did a little google earlier this week and I came up with a figure of 90% and um, I mean that sounds like a lot to me but that 90% of like your race performance is to do with your mindset Uh, I mean it's not something that you can quantify really is it I don't know how you would quantify you know how how much of it is in a race but I guess mm, if you decide you're not doing it it's 100% yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah. it is a big it can be a big factor and it can be more of a factor for some people than others can't yes, it yes definitely yeah so we thought it might be helpful like especially for like those of us that are in the middle of marathon training if we talk about sort of how psychology can help overcome some of the issues we might have in training and also like pre-race and during the race yeah and so we can kind of learn some techniques and also maybe practice them in training so then when it comes to race day you kind of you've got some sort of like tools in your in your toolkit for for combating any problems you come up against so like the definition of of performance psychology is applying psychological principles to facilitate peak sports performance so it's quite straightforward really isn't it yeah it yeah. is definitely so yeah definitely a really interesting topic you know something I've thought a lot about something I think I could be much better at and I definitely know there's times where my performance has suffered because of my kind of mental preparation or mental application in the race the last marathon I talked about it all went completely wrong and I just lost loads of time lost loads of motivation at the end for example um so yeah let's get into it and I think it's probably worth you saying a bit about your background because this is something that not only are you interested in as a runner but you're kind of skilled in as a professional 
Yeah, so I'm a chartered psychologist and an associate fellow of the British Psychological Society. So my background has been over various different aspects of psychology over like the last 20 years. But the last couple of years, I've been working on an exercise trial and mostly looking around behaviour change and that sort of thing. So I've got an interest in performance psychology from that angle, really. So there's a few problems that we could kind of, I've had experience of in the past. So sort of during training, and like preparing for races I think people will probably recognize this as well that you can kind of you can do a long run maybe or a session and you can get demoralized can't you about how it's gone so you know you do a long run and you're supposed to be doing eight miles at marathon pace and you just can't do it and then you come back and you just think oh this is this is rubbish you know I can't do this how how am I gonna do 26 miles at this pace if I can't do six at it or whatever so there's those sort of things so some some of it could be like down to physical things like you're not trained enough but some of it might be about the mental aspect of it so you need to kind of think about what things can kind of combat that because essentially if you've done a long run you need to kind of think about like the positive aspects of that don't you everyone has a bad day so yeah you know, you've done the, if it's 18 miles, you've done it, haven't you? That's yeah. It's in the bank. You've, yeah. you've done an 18 mile run. You might not have hit your paces, but an 18 mile run is an 18 mile run. So it's kind of thinking about that. And I think that, I mean, one one of the physical things that you, that you can think about to kind of get this out of the way is sort of fueling, isn't it? So that can have a big impact during mm. training runs. And that can have an impact on sort of your cognitive function. Yes. So if you don't not fuel properly, you don't, you're not thinking straight, you might sort of give, give up more easily and that sort of thing. So there is a little bit around that. So um, I think I've heard some stats that the brain is like 5% of your of your body weight but it takes 20% of the calories so if you're not fueled properly then your brain's not going to be you're not going to have that high level cognitive function that you normally do and then you you know you start making kind of bad decisions and you might start thinking negatively and that that can impact on it and the next thing it's sort of something that you've been talking about is growth mindset do you want to talk about that yeah yeah it's interesting so I've been doing um uh, open university sports psychology course an online one that you know no no is no way about making you become a psychologist or anything like that but he's trying to introduce some in, in some concepts of psychology applied to sports based in evidence and it, it quite a bit of it's focused around children actually which is quite interesting and i think i think some of the a lot of the reason the research is 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 around children is that they're perhaps less fixed in their ideas at a young age. So it's interesting where you can try different techniques with children, how it can impact their their mindset. So so I looked at some research that found where you apply praise uh, to children for a challenging task. Um, as long as the praise is kind of realistic and centred around the tasks the children are doing, it can encourage a growth mindset. So, and then, you know, but this isn't just about children, this is thinking about adults as well. And what is a growth mindset? Well, it's about kind of learning from failure, embracing challenges, persisting in the face of setbacks, um, see kind of effort as the path to mastery. These are the sorts of features of a growth mindset. So it's trying to think about an can when something goes wrong or doesn't go how you want it to do what can you learn from that that you will then apply to a future training run or a future race and 
but this stuff requires practice mm. you know a fixed mindset the kind of other extreme of a growth mindset would be a fixed mindset and these are probably two ends on a spectrum so it's not your one or the other mm. different people will behave differently in different circumstances are uh, that you kind of give up easily uh, you get down on yourself because of failure you avoid real tough challenges um and you kind of uh, threatened by the success of others and these sorts of things that you you then when things go wrong it becomes difficult to if you're in that mindset it becomes difficult to see the positives in things that go wrong and it is more likely to make you not do the race or drop out the race or something like that so yeah so it's, it's kind of interesting learning for me around the growth mindset and I think how can you encourage yourself to think that way? Or I guess if you're working with others as a coach, as I'm doing a little bit, how can you encourage others to think in that way so that when things don't go wrong, they use it as an, uh, don't go right, it's used as an opportunity mm. for reflection. Mm. And I guess the purpose of training is learning and adaptations for a goal of a race, isn't it? So it's completely normal that during a training block, I mean, we've just talked about it, haven't we? We've had we've had a week where neither of us have do, really done the runs yeah. that we intended to do. Mm-hmm. But it's about how do you... I'm trying to see that as, oh, I've had a, like, a, a week where I'm probably resting, yeah, recovering. Week, yeah. You know, it gives me a chance for my muscles to recover, mm-hmm. adaptations to happen from some of the training I'm doing, and hopefully I'll come back stronger the following week. Yeah. You know... It'd be easy to see that as like, oh, it's doom and gloom. My, ma- uh, you know, my marathon plan's going out the window, and yeah, um, and so I think it's it's probably quite simple techniques, but just being aware of them is probably yeah. important. And I Do think you agree? as runners, we have got a head start in all this because I think that we naturally um, do well with with that sort of thing, don't we? We are, you know. We are we are competitive with ourselves, you know. That's why we do it. We do want success, and we do, you know. So we've got kind of like the basics of it. It's just kind of, I suppose, recognizing it, isn't it? And then practicing that in training. When those thoughts come into your head, like I can't do it, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm next time I do a run, I'm just gonna feel the same and that sort of thing. And just turning that round, isn't it? It's like reframing it into well, you know, I have done this, it's going to be easier next time. It's about sort of thinking about what your fears are as well, isn't it? If you're worried about what happens when you get past 16 miles, you need to really like think about it, don't you? And think about what you're going to do, you know, why are you feeling like that? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? How will you feel if you do it? And kind of celebrating that. So there's ways you can do that, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think it's... it's you know, if you look at sort of some of the psychological techniques to apply what we've talked about in terms of mindset, there's kind of questions you can ask yourself and, you know, people might ask these internally, they might even write them mm-hmm. down, you know, they, these sort of things can help turn turn your mind to thinking about what have I learned from this experience. So if you had a bad race or a bad run, you, you, the questions you might ask me, be asking yourself are... Um, I need to figure out what I could do differently. What strategies can I use? What mistakes can I learn from? Um, Who can I ask for feedback advice? And really be thinking those sorts of things through in a way that will help you turn that um, uh, disappointment into an opportunity for learning and improvement. Your psychologist, these things require practice in order for it to become a habit for your brain to think that way 
normally rather than you having to force yourself to think this is I've failed how will I learn from it is the uh, do the techniques work over time yeah I think so so I think if you practice it and you train it I think that's that's the thing to do isn't it and then and even maybe over a series of races as well because you don't really know exactly how you're going to feel until you're in the race environment you can practice techniques and how you can kind of combat these negative kind of things that happen in the training and that's really good and I think that yeah you're right I think over time then you can like you do change over time don't you it can take a while but if you're like open to it and you maybe just trigger yourself to if you are feeling a bit down think right what is it and like thinking about is it to do with fueling is it to do am am I just kind of getting down on myself and then like sort of applying some of these things I think Yeah. yeah over time you can get better at it other things that you can kind of if you find that a bit too abstract, I suppose, is like about goal setting, isn't it? Yeah. That can help help with things like that. So there's like three different types of goals that people tend to use. So outcome goals are those ones that they're quite difficult, really. And they can kind of, you know, be ones that if you if you just have an outcome goal, like I want to like win the race or whatever, yeah. and that doesn't happen, that can be quite sort of psychologically damaging to you can't you if you don't back it up with sort of other goals that are like kind of leading up to that so I mean outcome goal might just be that you know you think you're going to finish or you want to be like top 10 in your category or something like that but performance goals are like you know maybe something realistic about the time you can achieve so you can have an outcome goal and then you can have a performance goal so you know you want to do sub three but you might have an a b and c goal so you might say well you know, on the day it might be raining or whatever, PB windy. Might be the yeah, next a PB one. Yeah. might be the yeah. next one, and then something else. So that kind of like it protects you a little bit from that. Um, and process goals are like all about the training plan. So, I mean, I've always had this sort of mindset that, and I don't get sort of very bad pre-race anxiety, which we're going to come on to. But I try to think, trust the process. Yeah. I know people say that a bit, but I do really believe in that. That if you do your training plan and you know obviously this week missed a few few runs but you know if you miss a few runs that's okay as long as you've done most of it then when you get to the start line there's nothing you can do more really other than execute your race execute your race Mm. use your techniques that you've Mm. you know if you're feeling down but physically you're as fit as you can be there's no point sort of getting worried about oh I should have done that run last week or whatever there's no point whatsoever it's interesting you say that and reflected on last time I did a marathon I suppose this is a strength of some of the data that you can get from Garmin Strava Mm -hmm. if you use those platforms I kind of went back over a load of runs that I'd done before the marathon looked at what times I was doing compared it to previous marathon I'd done I mean this I had a quiet day at work, let's put it that way. <laughs> and I had a kind of sheet of comparisons and I could see that my progression was greater over this, the most recent training block than the previous one. It didn't happen on the race for different reasons, but I, it gave me confidence going into the race that the time I was targeting was achievable because yeah. I could see that across sort of four months of training, I'd consistently been improving and doing a bunch of quicker times than I'd done in my previous marathon training block a year before um now I know you you do that more regularly don't you You keep a kind Mm. of race uh, run diary on a weekly basis but those sorts of techniques do give you kind of for me it gives me confidence that oh like like you say I've done the training 
you know, I am in good shape. I am capable of doing this time that I'm targeting. Yeah, and that's I guess that's part of the performance goal that that is a realistic goal about the time you can achieve based on data, isn't it? And based data. on evidence. Yeah, evidence. Yeah. So yeah, so you can go into a race. I mean, and even if you looked at that evidence and it was like you were slower, like I've done that this week and thought actually, like I might need to readjust my goals. But I, that's but evidence based. And if on the day, like I need to be realistic about what I can actually do um otherwise you know it's just not it's never going to go well but that's so that's a performance goal and that's really helpful and then the process goals that was, that we were talking about you know like ticking off those r- runs that you've said in the training plan you, you know you can like congratulate yourselves e- each week you know you you wanted to do this many runs a week you wanted to do this many strength sessions or whatever you know you've practicing fueling in your long run and you've like gone for a run twice in your race outfit and they're like mini goals that you can like tick off like process goals that can help you just kind of maintain that confidence in that you've done everything you can and then when you stand on the start line you're you kind of you're ready. Pre- prepared for that yeah. and and every anything that goes wrong during that period well you have done you have achieved what you said you were going to do it's about what you can control isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. so I think the only other thing that I would say is that like a b and c goals are really good but I think like if you've got an a goal I think you need to have like belief in that I think I've gone into races before and I've got the evidence that I can do it so like you know sub 330 but I've not actually believed it like I've mm. I've kind of I've thought oh well I've got I want to do sub three thirty but it wouldn't matter if I did like you know three thirty five you know because that would be a PB that's fine but you need to have belief don't you in your A goal if you've got the evidence for it you've got to have belief in it so maybe we'll come on to that and how a bit, do you, a bit more. how do you have that belief then but I guess some of that belief should come from your performance yeah um, you know your yeah your training. Yeah, you know, yeah. you should be confident that yeah, your, you, your training yeah. will deliver the, is, is set, you've made you capable of delivering the yeah. time that you want. Self-efficacy is something that is really important in the race. So it's about the strength of our belief that we can manage what happens in a race, what we're feeling. So we've got the confidence to like manage any difficult thoughts and the strategies to deal with them and, and things like weather and losing your GP. PS signal and things like that that isn't going to like throw you off so yeah all all these things kind of feed into your self-belief don't they so that's race goals um you just wanted to say a little bit more about fueling I mentioned that earlier didn't you yeah yeah I think you said something quite important which is so so this is understanding the difference between mindset and a psychological problem and a, and a psychological problem that is induced by lack of calories and lack of fuel, I think, isn't it? And mm. there's evidence to show that when people are kind of underfueled, that their uh, desire to keep racing kind of can drop dramatically mm. and the want to stop or to drop out of a race can really increase. But the cause is not a lack of belief. It's not a kind of lack of training. It's, it's, it's down to a lack of energy in the system. Mm. I've experienced this more so on ultra marathons. I think for for road marathons, people talk about hitting the wall, but often it can be to do with um, mm. lack of fueling, run out of energy. Yeah. And actually, you need to if you've paid attention to your fueling throughout the race, that can stop you getting to that stage. In ultra marathons, I've had I've had instances where 
um, I've not fueled properly. Sometimes I've felt ill, mm. you know, not being sick, but felt really sick. Stop taking on calories. Then you run out of energy. Then you can't really think straight. You can't even do simple tasks like take your bag off, unzip a pocket, fill mm. a water bottle up. So your ability then to kind of really think what's happening here mm. is I need calories that will help me recover so I can pick up my pace and finish the race. You can't even think straight in that way, no. so you don't take on the calories and then it can spiral quite quickly to you thinking that I'm completely finished, this race is done for me. You know, you might have you still might have thirty, forty miles to go of a hundred mile race mm. or something like that. And so so being aware of that at the start's important, yeah, isn't it? Because it's like your cognitive function, isn't it? Yeah, you lose that completely. ability to like for rational thought. So yeah, you, you want that. I mean, it might be that you've got a physical problem that you can't carry on, but you want to know that, don't you? You want to be able to think straight, to decipher between those two. Yeah, and because the biggest cause of dropouts for ultras is nutritional problems, mm. but it's the nutritional problems that people are having, so inability to take keep food down or take on food, that then causes people to drop out. So mm. the lack of energy, lack of motivation completely causes them to drop out. So that's where, particularly around nutrition, um, practice is really key, isn't it? To find foods you can have. Think even small amounts of things, just get some calories on board that will keep you physically in good shape and cognitively like ready to keep yeah. going during the race. Because people, you know, the motivation at the start is not in question. People yeah. want to do the races, yeah. but then you end up with high numbers of people dropping out. Yeah. So shall we move on to the next problem which is like pre-race problems so sort of pre-race anxiety or panic attacks I mean I've just mentioned earlier that it's I do get like nerves before a race particularly a marathon and to be honest like the week before I do get the old maranoia that people talk about which um we won't go into now but I'm sure people that have done marathons and and other races before get it you know you feel like you you know, your calf's going to fall off or something, don't you? And it's just like... You've got a cold, you've got flu, you're ill. Yeah, totally in your head. So I think I've come, you know, I'm able to just kind of think this isn't, you know, this isn't real, it's just in my head. So I can move on from that. But some people do get very anxious before a race and they can have panic attacks and things like that. So um, you read something about this, didn't you? That About panic attacks and, and how the pressure kind of can get to people didn't you yeah so I think first of all thinking about what is pressure well pressure is a kind of combination of expectation and consequence and from I would say for most people doing um doing races the the pressure is self-imposed so the expectation is your own expectation but that comes back to your goals doesn't it Mm -hmm. so if you've got multiple goals that you're you can aim for then your expectation should be realistic that you can achieve one of those goals and I guess consequences well what's the consequence of not hitting one goal well you might hit the next don't hit that goal you might hit the next you don't hit that goal we just enjoy yourself you know the consequences usually this is most of what we're talking about is people having fun in their leisure time isn't it enjoying a sporting activity that they want to do for themselves with their friends with the family so you've got to you kind of think about rationalize the pressure and if you can reduce the pressure before that can help reduce mm-hmm. those feelings of anxiety that said i think everyone experiences what you've talked about yeah. i think it's quite normal so in the sports psychology course i've read uh, it talks about 
reframe anxiety as excitement. So, mm. and I've heard that a lot. That's common in 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 sport. It's common in things like people doing a big talk or a speech or a presentation. It's like you're going to be nervous. Those nerves try and rechannel those as some excitement. You're going to have a great time. You're going to enjoy yourself. Think positively instead of trying to calm yourself down. Reappraise that pre-performance anxiety as excitement because some of the sensations would be the same. And then alongside that, kind of develop some routines for dealing with the anxiety. So is that, you know, and that might be before the race or it might be in the race, some mental techniques that might help you kind of not become overwhelmed by that anxiety. So have you got some, you know, thought about those sort of routine techniques that might help train your brain to deal with the nerves? My mindset is I've done the training and I try just to remember that. Try to kind of let the outcome be the outcome. You think, well, you know, anything that goes wrong today is out of my control. Nerves are normal. So, like, try to turn it into excitement. Talk to other people. That's a kind of good technique, isn't it? At the start line. Yeah. You know, if you, you you guaranteed if you're feeling nervous, yeah, there'll be someone stood near you who's also the same. Yeah, hello, so, like yeah. you're looking forward to it. These sorts of mm. things. It's an easy way of kind of um, trying to think about something different, isn't it? And yeah. have a little conversation with someone, and then also get a sense of like how people are feeling about the race. Yeah. So yeah, the advice would be like n- not to suppress it. Yes. So you know, that is a, a way that you can kind of, you know, voice your concerns to other people. Yeah. Stress them um, out. Stress them out a yeah. bit, yeah, get them all worried up. But, um, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's like a psychological threat. You know, no one's going to die. No. Well, it can happen, but that's something different completely. You're just worried about the outcome. So it's trying not to focus on the whole race. So if you're at the start of a marathon... Don't be thinking about the end. Don't be thinking, oh, like when I'm, you know, I'm doing London Marathon, you know, how how am I going to get to the mile and run down there? There's no point thinking about that. Just think about the first mile. So, oh, like, you know, I'm going to start in a minute and then, you know, can I get through the first mile? And it can just reduce your anxiety and panic by just trying to focus on little small bits so and also you can use breathing techniques some people find that helpful so you can you can find ways of just kind of slowing your breathing using meditation and that sort of thing that can really help help people and people find that really can kind of settle their nerves when they're standing on the start line so yeah I think I think that's kind of covers the pre-race anxiety the next sort of set of problems are sort of the the ones that you come across during a race some of this you you can find if you're interested in a book by Stuart Holiday and Noel Brick who are sports psychologists so and some of it is is just kind of you know from other bits and bobs and things that you you know we've we've all heard before as well but uh, I think that's quite a good book that kind of covers some of these things that you can you know think about if, if you're interested to read further so um one thing that that people that can happen to people during a race is becoming overwhelmed during the race yeah so there's a few techniques and i'm sure people will have heard these before so you know one of them is run the mile you're in so i've just yeah. mentioned about think just, just thinking about present. the first mile yeah. but this is just like if you're if you're worried about that whole distance it can get a bit overwhelming yes. so people have different ways of doing that like i know that in the past i've split it down into like for a marathon two ten miles and then a six mile, 
you know, or two tens and a 10K, or, you know, people might want to split yeah. it down a bit smaller than that to kind of get, get beyond yeah. it. So that's obviously called chunking. Yeah. And like Paula Radcliffe used to do counting, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, counting so, up to 100, back from 100. Yeah. These sorts of things. I do, do do that in training when I'm like really struggling. Tired. Yeah, yeah, when I'm tired, I just, I use counting to just keep me going. I do that. And I kind of, maths is another one, like working out, you know, Oh, I'll do this half a mile in this time. I'll do the next one in this. Just it, probably a combination of the counting and the chunking, you know, just trying to occupy your mind with thinking about rather than the entire training session or the entire run, little bits of it. I've even like worked out the steps before the entire amount of steps it would take me to do a marathon and mm. not started counting the, counting the steps one by one, but it's like thinking about, so I, so I know, so, for example, I roughly do 200 steps per minute. And if I'm trying to do uh, 180 minutes, three hours for a marathon, it's 36,000 steps. So what I'm not doing <laughs> is counting one to 36,000. But I, sometimes it's helpful to think, you know, every step you're taking forward is one less step of that full goal. You know, yeah. it's just, again, different techniques for different times of the race that you might need just to kind of take your mind out of the challenge that you're ta- yeah. undertaking. Yeah, and another one that that has been shown in research to be effective is smile, smiling, smile every mile is a bit of a, you know, a catchphrase. But research has actually shown that if you smile, it reduces your perceived effort and it can kind of help you, you know, carry on through the race. So, yeah, so just keep smiling and, you you know, you can use the crowd you to like, you know, they'll be smiling at you. And, yeah. Um, and the other thing is ma- mantras. So there's different mantras that you can use. So there's like motivational mantras and instructional mantras. Okay. I do use mantras a bit. A motivational mantra is not necessarily one that I use too much, I don't think. Um, I can't I can't remember using one of these, but it's like what kind of what your goal is. So, you know, like for you, it might be I want sub three and then yeah. you keep repeating that. Yeah. But I don't think that particularly works for me. The instructional mantras are like things like I was listening to the Running Channel podcast and Andy Badley oh, yeah. has got a mantra and I think it's high hips and it's like about running form. Okay. So it's kind of like about keeping your pelvis like straight so like as if you're carrying some water inside your pelvis and he like uses that high hips high hips high hips to keep your running form correct so that's why it's like an instructional mantra so if you're losing your form you can kind of tell yourself to kind of keep upright my one that i've used in marathons is fast strong smooth I like like a positive one you know I just even if I'm not fast strong and smooth I just keep saying it until I am (laughs) yeah I'm not sure what mine would be slow hunched and in pain yeah no we're talking about being positive oh yeah sorry yeah 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 Yeah, so the other bits in the race so you can become overwhelmed but there's actually bits where you might be fine during the race but then they, you just have a massive dip and that yes. can happen, can't it? Out of the blue, yeah, so, sort of yeah. surprisingly. Yeah, and and research does demonstrate that we do actually have 30% more energy. When we say we're completely spent, we do have 30% more. So it is there. So I guess having knowledge of that fact when you're in that position where you just think i'm gonna die i can't do this anymore this is when it's people terrible talk about going to the well and all this sort of thing yeah, is it? They're, yeah. they're trying to get into that yeah 30 percent of energy that 
it seems unachievable when you're completely finished. Yeah. So so to do to access that extra that bit extra that we all yeah. we've all got. How? Uh, we need to like increase the motivation. So I guess you need to have something before the race that's going to motivate you. So it might just like you know we talked about the goals. So it might be finishing, you know, or it might be like achieving the time that you want, or it might be just like when I finish I can have a beer and a pizza, yeah. you know. And it might just like just need to get there. Yeah. And the longer I'm out on this course, you yeah. know, the longer it's going to take to get to, get to that goal whatever it is the pizza or whatever yeah we can also do like practicing motivational self-talking training so like i can do this so it's a bit like the mantras isn't it but if you practice them in training and like you know tough bits in in training runs you can kind of use that on the on the day yes you know and you get like you were saying earlier about you know can you change develop this to become more natural yeah. then it can kick in when you need it yeah. to kick in yeah. yeah and then also things like listening to music it's not something that I like to do in races because I just like to listen to the race vibes yeah. and I use them but it's the same thing I guess yeah I use like people shouting and yeah and cheering you on but, but music if you, can have the same mm, so it, it yeah. has been shown to you can run quicker with the music can't you there's yeah well it can that. it there's evidence to show that it reduces the perceived effort Effort, level make running feel easier and like if you've got the right tempo you can like you know it can increase your pace a bit yeah the other thing is like having like a reason why i listened to a podcast this morning on my run tea tea and trails yes and um jack scott was on it that won the The spine spine race race that we talked about earlier and they said to him oh what what did you tell yourself when you're feeling terrible you yeah. know, why are you doing this? Yeah. And he said that he told his dog that he was going to win it. And he okay. said there was no way he was letting his dog down. He couldn't go back to his dog and yeah. say that he'd not won the spine race. So, you know. So it might be it might be a dog or it might be a human being yeah. for other people as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it could be. But it could be, a, yeah. Yeah. Any reason why. Yeah. I mean, what is it for yourself. you? Um, why do you do yeah, marathons? That's a good question. It's probably about understanding what I'm capable of and challenging mm, myself. Yeah. That's the why, I suppose, and really thinking, like, what I... Where your limits are. Yeah, where my limits are. Yeah, yeah. and that's definitely in ultras and, and certainly on marathons. That's that, that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- it's similar for me, yeah. It's definitely not about other people. No. You know, it's not about beating anyone. It's about no. beating my own times and things like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just seeing where that comes to an end. And I'm kind of feeling like it might I might be at the limit <laughs> but we'll see and then there's other things that like visualization so planning what you would do at the most difficult part of your race so thinking about things that can go wrong and like imagining what you would do to combat those problems so and, visual, and not so people think of vis, visualization sometimes of you know imagining yourself running through the finish line with your arms in your air and everyone clapping it yeah. that's not kind of what we're talking I about don't, here no I don't think so I mean I think that is nice I think that can spur you but on. But that won't be the answer when, you know, you watch Pax no, soon after 15 miles. No, I think it's more miles. about when things go wrong, yes. the problems kind of kick in. So it's about thinking about what you'll do if if something will go wrong and sort of planning that in your mind and thinking about yourself in that scenario. And that's why people recce races, you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, especially with ultras, don't they? Yeah. Like, I guess recce in the actual course is the, the best. Feeling ready for, the best so way you know of doing exactly it. what yeah. to expect. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so I think we've kind of gone through quite a lot there, haven't we? That things that you can use to hopefully make the best of your race day. Yeah, so definitely different techniques pre-race, in training, uh, during the race. Hopefully some things that people will will find useful. Um, But definitely keen for any feedback on any of this, if people have tried any of this stuff or know different techniques all wrapped around performance psychology. We'd love to hear from you at runningpartners at outlook.com in the normal way. It'd be fantastic for people's feedback. I hope this episode's been useful. Okay, well, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next week. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave us a rating or review and share the podcast to friends and family to help us build the Running Partners community. You can email us at runningpartners@outlook.com with any questions, feedback, race results, topic suggestions or anything else. Also email us if you would like to find out more about the running coaching that I offer. Simply put coaching query in the email subject and I'll get right back to you. And check out my website paulgriffithsrunningcoach.com for more info. You can find us both on Instagram at 26.2 and Griff's Running, as well as on Strava and Facebook, and all the links are in the show notes. We will be back every Monday with a new episode, so see you then.